taking upon you for income, your wife, your children, you need life insurance. This is James Johnson. Imagine breathing a sigh of relief knowing that if you died, your family wouldn't have to worry about money. Call me now at 800-400-9434. Even if you have a policy, find out if you have enough coverage or if you're paying too much. Call 800-400-9434. Be sure to ask about the life insurance policy that gives you your premiums back at the end of your term. 800-400-9434. Do you realize that when you die, your income that your family depends on stops? This is James Johnson. The right amount of life insurance will replace your income and not leave a financial burden behind. The mortgage still needs to be paid. The bills still keep coming. I'm telling you, this is so important. Live life and enjoy it. But make sure you've planned for the future with life insurance. Call me at 800-400-9434. Even if you have a policy, make sure you have enough and you're not paying too much. 800-400-9434. Boston conservative in the cradle of liberty. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Good afternoon. It is I, Chuck Morse, Monday through Friday, 10 till noon Eastern Standard Time here at the IRN USA Radio Network. You're welcome to join the program, 844-439-1391, 844-439-1391. I apologize for the relatively poor quality of my voice today. It's uh, my annual cold. You know, it happens to me every year when the weather starts shifting from hot to cold. But uh, I shall forge forward. My guest uh, this segment is John Guandolo. John is a counterterrorism expert. He created and implemented the FBI's first counterterrorism training program. He's a former FBI agent assigned to the counterterrorism division in Washington, D.C. He is the founder of UnderstandingTheThreat.com, a website that is a must-see. And he is the co-author of Sharia, The Threat to America, and the newly released book, Raising a Jihadi Generation. John, thanks for joining me this afternoon. You're welcome. Thanks, Chuck. Great to be here. Yeah, my pleasure. Listen, you're um, you're involved in conducting um, counterterrorism training in a way that uh, the FBI was involved in previously, and that was during the Bush administration, uh, but is no longer doing, and that is simply to educate our first responders to the realities of the enemy that we face, who they are, what they believe in, what their tactics are. And um, in that regard, you have recently been, your efforts have been thwarted in, um, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, by a group called CARE. Uh, tell us what happened. Well, there are, there's a bunch of stuff going on. Where do you want me to start? Which piece of the story? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, look, let's, let's just put it this way. Part of your program at uh, Understanding the Threat is laying out the realities of this group, CARE, and others, like INSA, and their right. connections to the Muslim Brotherhood. Now, that's something that's uh, been noted in Congress. Uh, Senators Charles Schumer and Barbara Boxer, both liberal Democrats, have referred to CARE on the floor of the U.S. Senate as a Hamas front. So we're not talking about some kind of right-wing conspiracy here. 
and yet your organization, which is presenting this and the evidence of it and why it's important, naturally came under the attack by CARE. But the question is, why was CARE, after having been so identified, allowed to get the upper hand in the case of uh, Tulsa? Well, I, I think there are several uh, pieces to this answer. Um, number one, um, there is such a gross lack of understanding of who this threat is. Uh, and to, to people that see it, and this is one of the things when I present the information that I think is more shocking than the information itself, is how overwhelming the information is. In other words, there's no gray area. If, if it were a football game, it'd be 10,000 to nothing. And people have a hard time believing, well, it can't be, it can't be this lopsided because then, I mean, wouldn't we be shutting them down, locking, you know, Ibrahim Hooper and Nihad Awad and uh, Corey Saylor up and, and, and shutting them down and raiding them? And wouldn't we be doing that? And the answer is yes. If we had a Department of mm. Justice that followed the law and the evidence, we would be doing that. And the question that, to be asked is, why aren't we? So how did CARE get the upper hand? I think one of the things uh, th that that I'm trying to do, and the main thing I'm trying to do, is just factually using evidence, uh, frame the threat for the average police officer, citizen, uh, political leader at the local, state, federal level, uh, and, and whoever else uh, should know this, which I think every American should know this, but put it in a, a factual evidentiary perspective so they understand this is real, these organizations exist, and they exist to uh, overthrow the government and to undermine um, the educational system, uh, the religious organizations, Christian and Jewish. Um, they exist uh, in the media, and here's how they operate, you know, those kind of things. I think right. there are two issues. Number one... The Muslim Brotherhood internationally is still understood to be, at least in the minds of a lot of people, just a political party, which it is not. Uh, meaning it is a political party, obviously, but that's not its function. It is a, right. It's a cancer that, as you can see across the globe, is overthrowing governments and killing people by the thousands. But somehow the U.S. Muslim Brotherhood has been able to disassociate itself from that simply by saying so, and our leaders, um, you know, just, just bite off on that. Mm. But it, it belies a, a bigger issue, and that is the current administration, and there was just something in the news last uh, this morning, I guess. Um, you know, uh, there's a gentleman named Sh uh, Sheikh Bin Bayah who's a, a jihadi, but he represents a large right. international Muslim organization, uh, the International Union of Muslim Scholars. And the tie-in to what you're asking is, here's a guy who signed a fatwa to kill U.S. And, and allied troops in Iraq and said it's the obligation of Muslims to do so, and here he is being invited uh, to meet with senior U.S. officials and given a visa by the, by the, the administration to come to the United States. Uh, so we can ask him questions about how should we deal with Egypt. Well, so, so long as we allow jihadi leaders to drive our foreign policy, the fact that CARE gets the upper hand in Tulsa, Oklahoma, shouldn't surprise us. Did, did I frame that in the, in the way that made sense? No, absolutely, John. And, of course, it begs the bigger question, which is uh, why is it that a Muslim Brotherhood-connected organization 
And we should note that the Muslim Brotherhood has been thrown out of power in Egypt by the overwhelming majority of the people of Egypt uh, for good reason, and that the Muslim Brotherhood is the did spawn both Hamas and Islamic Jihad, and that they're connected to um, al-Qaeda and to terrorism around the world. This is a political and military problem, uh, put, putting aside the religious aspects. Why is it that our establishment in the United States is uh, trying to curry favor with them? I mean, do they have a lot of money? I mean, what's going on here? Well, so they're, they're, um, that, that's a, that is a key question, and it's a little bit of a – it's an easy question, but it's, it's got a lot of uh, parts to it. So the question is, why are we in bed with our enemy? I mean, that's the question. And it's not as simple as, well, you know, the, the president or the attorney general are, are anti-American. And they, they may be, and certainly the president's policies are pro-Hamas, pro-Hezbollah, uh, anti-Israel, pro-Muslim Brotherhood, pro-Al-Qaeda, uh, if you look at it uh, as a complete foreign policy. And I think what we've learned here, just an example, is uh, the CIA station chief in Afghanistan getting outed by name by the administration publicly, uh, which they admit was a mistake. It shows there, there's a gross immaturity uh, and really a, a, a rookie-like mentality in this administration on dealing with world issues and, and foreign policy and national security. So you've got that going on. You do have people in the administration who are in leadership positions who are self-proclaimed non-patriots. Uh, they support people like Chairman Mao and the ideas of socialism, yeah. the political philosophies of socialism. So you have that going on. You have people who are uh, scared because the jihadis threaten to kill people. You have people that are more worried about their next promotion than they are about fulfilling their constitutional oath. So you have a lot. The, the other thing I want to say, and I, I have tried to share this as often as possible, is this threat from this Islamic movement, that, and this is the term they use, the global Islamic movement, led by the, the global, uh, the International Muslim Brotherhood, is more of a counterintelligence and espionage issue than it is a terrorism issue. Um, right. You know, the, the Brotherhood, when they come to talk to leaders, they wear suits, they smile, they speak very nicely, and so a lot of this is uh, a recruitment effort, an intelligence recruitment effort. So when they meet generals and elected officials and people from the DOJ uh, and the White House and the National Security Council and the FBI and CIA, the very people that should have their guard up uh, when people like this come to talk to them don't. And they're like, well, this guy's really nice. And so they build a relationship with him. And over time, these relationships become... Uh, more than relationships because these people and their organizations begin influencing and in many cases writing U.S. policy for how to deal with things in Syria, Libra, you know, Libya, Egypt, uh, the Philippines, Somalia on foreign policy and then the, the domestic terrorism issues here in the United States, which is why we have things like Iraq and Afghanistan, the U.S. rights constitutions, that create, you know, Islamic republics under Sharia law. It's why the United States wow. is currently, you know, we backed al-Qaeda and the Muslim Brotherhood in Libya against Muammar Gaddafi. We're currently paying money and uh, supporting with arms and other materials in Syria to al-Qaeda and Muslim Brotherhood and other jihadis, um, which is in violation of U.S. law. And so that's yep, why this sure. comes about. So there are a lot of 
<clears throat> I apologize for be, having a lengthy answer there, but this is really a big issue that um, is. has a lot of parts to it. And I hope I hit some of them. No, you did. And uh, it reminds me of a, a thesis by uh, journalist Diana West, who wrote the book American Betrayal. I interviewed her a couple of weeks ago, a fantastic book, where she, she traces it back to Roosevelt's deal with the Soviet Union, his recognition of the Soviet Union and letting Soviet agents come into the country and infiltrate our government and charm people and start writing policy, particularly during World War II, that was to benefit the Soviets and in opposition to American interests. It's the same general phenomenon now. And the fact that uh, Roosevelt opened the door to it is why we're dealing with it today. It's a, it's a kind of this relativistic approach by our government. And it should be pointed out that this is not a partisan matter because these same people were charming Bush and the Bush administration. They were making inroads into Republican circles as well. They can be both conservative and liberal. It's not necessarily a liberal thing, although the establishment Muslim Brotherhood-influenced uh, institutions tend to use um, attacks on the so-called right as a way to curry favor with and cozy up to the left uh, you know, by finding common enemies. But uh, we have now a situation where even what you're doing, which is accurately and methodically exposing what I think you can in a broad sense call a conspiracy. I'm not saying it's a conspiracy in that people are sitting around a smoke-filled room somewhere, but you know, generally to write American policy and public policy in a way that benefits Muslim Brotherhood interests around the world, that, uh, that they could get away with it because we've become so relativistic in our view. And that if you criticize it, like you have done, John, you are called, quote, Islamophobic, unquote. And, uh, you know, to that, I say, yeah, I am Islamophobic. I'm afraid of Islam right now when I see this happening. I'm phobic. <laughs> I mean, when I see them making policies that encourage Sharia law, that would basically relegate women to second-class citizenship, cut off the heads of homosexuals, you know, I mean, uh, penalize people who, are, who leave the faith and turn everyone else into dimmy. Yeah, I'm a little phobic, sure. What say you? Well, I, you just hit a whole bunch of great points. First of all, on Di, Di, Diana West's book, American Betrayal, um, she factually, using documents and historical records, uh, names names of the men in yeah. government who were actually either uh, actual KGB officers, but, but mostly uh, uh, agents of the Soviet Union. Um, all right, Joe, we got to take a brief break. Kid. If something in this facility breaks, bends, or bursts, Granger's got our back. 20 cases of disc springs from Granger.com, new rotary encoder ordered on Granger's mobile app, a dozen splash goggles from the local Granger branch. What more could you want in life? Granger has over 1 million products for all our facilities' needs. 1 million. That's a one followed by six zeros, kid. Everything we need whenever we need it. Get it? Got it? Good. Call, click Granger.com, or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You have probably heard of the KISS system, K-I-S-S. -S. Keep it super simple. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? This is Andy Willoughby presenting the simple three-step plan home business system. I really think that the main reason the three-step plan has been able to help so many people build a business working from home is because of its simplicity. If you have a telephone, internet access, and some good old stick to 
you can make more money working from home. For information, go to 3-STEP-USA or call 800-480-2102. Our turnkey system will give you everything you need to be successful. Many 3-STEP plan members are now in the top 2% of income earners in the nation, and they did it working from home. If you want a better financial future and think you might appreciate the freedom of working from home, we invite you to check out the 3-STEP plan. Go to 3-STEP-USA or call 800 800- This is a special news alert to consumers who owe back taxes to the IRS. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers on back taxes, resulting in back taxes reduced by thousands of dollars. An open phone line has been established by federal tax relief for consumers to call and see if you qualify for this reduction. To ensure your financial stability during this decline in the economy, take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call one 800 570 That's 1-800-574-9345. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, there's no need to fear anymore. The IRS is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers, resulting in tax debts reduced by thousands of dollars. For your free information and to see if you qualify for your reduction, call the Federal Tax Relief Hotline, 1-800-574-9345. 1-800-574-9345. That's 1-800-574-9345. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-818-5715. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-818-5715. Lou is one of you and will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-818-5715. 5715. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Call Term Provider, speak with Big Lou, and save on term life. Call 800 818 5715. 800 818 5715. Owning and caring for a home comes with a lot of to-dos. Fix the AC, build a deck, remodel the kitchen. Whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area. And HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. You can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. And my guest is John Guandolo, former FBI agent, host of understandingthethreat.com. John, you've laid out the threat itself in very clear terms. This is a threat of um, a conspiracy, a subversion in terms of making America compliant with Sharia law and uh, making America as part of this international jihad of uh, world domination, of, of hegemony. And yet the weapon that they use in to stop opposition is to attack opponents like yourself, like me, as, uh, as people who are, quote, Islamophobic, unquote. And no American wants to be attacked like that. 
we don't want to be called it's like being called racist. It's it's a it's a it could destroy your your reputation. It could destroy your career. And they've done it very effectively by essentially aligning themselves with the liberal establishment against uh, conservatives and demonizing conservatives as being the primary messages with regards to this threat. And it is true, conservatives are more concerned about it for for reasons that are interesting. But that's beside the point. The fact is the threat exists, and to criticize it, one is attacked. As you were recently, uh, John, uh, in your attempt to conduct a th- your three-day three um, training seminar in Tulsa. So talk about that. What happened? Well, uh, a couple things. Uh, I uh, Very briefly, what you just said. First of all, I, I find it interesting that liberals are not on board with this because uh, in the societies where the uh, jihadis take over, the liberals or progressives or whatever you want to label them, they're the first ones killed. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> it's very interesting that they align themselves. You know, Winston Churchill said, uh, an appeaser is someone who feeds the alligator, hoping it'll eat him last. And that's what I see these people doing. It's it's insane. The, the other thing, just very briefly, uh, two quick things you brought up. Uh, you were a little hesitant to use the word conspiracy, but legally speaking, uh, through their the, the documents, through the evidence, through everything they're doing, legally they are conspiring to overthrow the U.S. government. They have organizations that are part of this conspiracy, leaders who are part of the conspiracy, and it could be charged and they would be prosecuted if, if done on the evidence alone. So I just want to say that. Um, with, with regards to the, uh, the Sedgwick County, Kansas uh, training, uh, and that was supposed to be in Wichita, Kansas, uh, uh, I was supposed to be there right now, actually training, teaching right, mm-hmm. right this moment, uh, and that got canceled. Um, and at the end of the last week, the uh, you know sheriff and the spokesman for the Central County Sheriff's Office said, um, you know, they were fully behind the training. I was a subject matter expert. Uh, he had seen uh, my brief, and I did brief this sheriff, a day long brief. Uh, almost a full day, and gave him uh, all the evidence, laid it all out uh, um, from various uh, terrorism trials uh, that laid out the uh, framework for the Islamic movement here, the organizations, the fact that CARE, Council on American Islamic Relations, is the fourth Hamas entity created by the U.S. Palestine Committee here, which is a part of the Muslim Brotherhood. Um, and that all the primary organizations, Islamic organizations, are a part of this movement. And uh, he understood that. He got it, which is why they were so adamant. Uh, but the pressure came from not only CARE, but other Muslim Brotherhood organizations around Wichita, like the Islamic Society of Wichita, the Muslim Students Association. And in the end, uh, the FBI weighed in uh, as well. And uh, said, "Look, we'll, we'll, you know, the Department of Justice can get someone for you uh, that will teach this." And all of that put together, he he pulled out, he pulled the plug. Um, and right. so, all of the people uh, from the Islamic, the leaders of the Islamic community that came forward and spoke were all jihadis. They're all Muslim brothers. Um, so that's the first issue. The second issue is the Department of Justice is the Department of Justice, who not only prosecuted the largest terrorism financing and Hamas trial in U.S. history, the Holy Land Foundation in in Dallas in 2008, they are the same Department of Justice whose current attorney general 
has said we will not prosecute any of the uh, over 300 unindicted co-conspirators in that case, um, even though the uh, U.S. Attorney's Office in, in Northern District of Texas was ready to uh, indict CARE and its leadership. And so um, that's where we stand, is we have a Department of Justice and a White House. I mean, we've, we've known for several years. I mean, the White House has ordered uh, FBI, the previous FBI Director Mueller to work with ISTA and MPAC and, and these organizations that are known uh, support networks for Hamas, which is a designated terrorist organization. So um, this, this is where we left. If you're looking for a reasonable answer to this, I don't know that I have one. I'm very disappointed because I think that the conflict I have both personally and professionally is the sheriff, Jeff, Jeff Easter, why I think what he did was cowardly. I mean, he's a good man. He buckled under. Yeah, but he buckled under the pressure. We're going to take another break here. John Guandolo's my guest. We'll be right back. Heard of the KISS system. K-I-S-S. Keep it super simple. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? This is Andy Willoughby presenting the simple three-step plan home business system. I really think that the main reason the three-step plan has been able to help so many people build a business working from home is because of its simplicity. If you have a telephone, internet access, and some good old stick to you can make more money working from home. For information, go to 3-Step USA or call 800 800- 480-2102. Our turnkey system will give you everything you need to be successful. Many three-step plan members are now in the top 2% of income earners in the nation, and they did it working from home. If you want a better financial future and think you might appreciate the freedom of working from home, we invite you to check out the three-step plan. Go to 3-Step USA or call 800-480-2102. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-818-5715. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-818-5715. Lou is one of you and will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-818-5715. 5715. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Call Term Provider, speak with Big Lou, and save on term life. Call 800 818 5715. 800 818 5715. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. My guest is John Guandolo, the uh, counterterrorism expert, founder of UnderstandingTheThreat.com, co-author of The Threat to America, and author of Raising a Jihadi Generation. So, John, the uh, sheriff in Wichita buckled under the pressure, which uh, and he was fully conscious of the fact that um, that you were presenting a legitimate program, which shows how powerful these jihadi-headed groups are. The fact that they were able to suppress your organization and your presentation and censor it and it excise it from the public discourse is a very example in and of itself of the threat that you're talking about. 
Right, and if you um, <clears throat> look at the Muslim Brotherhood's strategy in North America, and it's really their global strategy, but specifically in North America and the West, is to get American leadership, and, and again, in the West, in Europe and other places, to get leadership to do their bidding for them. So what that means, and they call it civilization jihad by their hands, by our hands. And so it's the reason that they nuzzle up and build these long-term relationships with leadership in key intelligence organizations, the administrations, um, elected, excuse me, elected officials, media, educational institutions. When things like this come up, I don't believe it was just the pressure of Hamas and the Muslim Brotherhood that made him buckle. It was that the FBI stepped in and offered an out, and it was a path of least resistance. So the combination of that made it easy for him to say, I'm out. And yet we can demonstrate, and as you know, in my book I have and in my, my talks I have, mm -hmm. that uh, the only organizations, the only organizations, the FBI, DHS, and CIA are working with the Islamic organizations, are easily identifiable as Muslim Brotherhood, Hamas, or Al-Qaeda. And, uh, you know, as I've demonstrated again in my book and the, the DVDs and in my talks, uh, these are not suppositions. These are facts. Uh, the Islamic advisor to President Clinton is now in jail. He was an al-Qaeda financier. The new face of moderate Islam in America, uh, as the media called him, and the guy the Pentagon uh, looked to, uh, at least on a couple occasions, who spoke inside the U.S. Capitol on uh, the life of Muhammad Anwar al-Awlaki, was al-Qaeda. Uh, and a number of al-Qaeda guys that we've had come talk the government has come, had come talk inside the U.S. Capitol is appalling. And yet the, the leaders of the security in the Capitol, from the Capitol Police to the sergeant-at-arms, have all been briefed. I briefed them all personally. And so you have to ask, what, what is it? What level of unprofessionalism are we going to tolerate where you know these people, uh, at least the people I'm talking about now know it, and they're not doing anything? And then on the other side of the coin, you have this huge portion of the leadership uh, based on my experience and experience of people that work in this realm, that we've briefed dozens and dozens of congressmen and others, uh, generals and admirals, that, that are not aware of this. And right. so the combination of those two things is the willful um, decision not to, to stand in courage and do what your oath and what your professional obligations would uh, hold you to. And on the other hand, you got a group of people that are just downright uh, unaware of the, the situation. So we're in a very, very bad way here. And the, the interesting thing is, I just mentioned this yesterday in another interview, we could very well lose the war here in the United States, a war that most Americans have no clue we're even engaged in. You know, it's astonishing that members of our government and establishment, fully witting, are still um, engaging with these groups, uh, including the CIA director Brennan and others. Um, it's it's a it's a really a, an astonishing phenomena. It does echo from the Roosevelt days when you had communists like Harry Hopkins at very high levels of the government conducting policy that benefited the Soviet Union, and it's a it's something that requires a sort of investigation. That, that, that you're doing, except we know what happened to Senator McCarthy. 
Anyway, we're going to take another break. We'll be right back. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Do you want lower triglycerides, less pain, and a sharper memory with less anxiety? Since taking Omax-3, mental fuzziness is gone. I'm on top of things. My bad cholesterol had gone down, and my triglycerides had gone down. Being 53, sometimes it's pretty uncomfortable getting up and getting out of bed. With the Omax-3, I'm jumping out of bed, and the joints feel great. Your results are guaranteed. We'll send you a free supply to prove it. Developed by Ivy League doctors affiliated with Yale University, Omax-3 is clinically tested to help improve cholesterol by 30% in just 30 days while fighting joint pain better than your store brand. You can also feel immediate improvements in your mood and memory. Omax 3's pharmaceutical grade dose comes individually blister packed for maximum freshness, faster results and no fish burps. Your results are guaranteed. We'll send you a free supply to prove it. Just pay the cost of shipping. Call 1-800-672-4605. That's 1-800-672-4605. 800-672-4605. Taking back America one listener at a time. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. My guest is John Guandolo, understandingthethreat.com. So, John, we have high-level members of government, obviously people in the media, like the reporter who attacked you in Wichita, who are playing footsie with Hamas and uh, doing so in many cases quite consciously and quite knowingly. Uh, they don't have to do that. They could cultivate relations with moderate Muslims like Dr. Zudi Jasser and, and other pro-American patriotic Muslims, but they choose to engage with those who are threatening the peace of the world and are doing so actively in places like Egypt and Nigeria 
and um, and it's a phenomenon that uh, it's difficult to understand. But the fact of the matter is, it's happening. You present the evidence clearly. It's something that's documentable. My question to you, John, is: What do we do? What does the average American citizen do? Who cares about his future, his uh, freedom? Who cares about this country? Well, that's the uh, that's probably the second most prominent popular question I get besides uh, how is how did this happen? Um, yeah. And I think the answer, I would say, first and foremost, is people have to learn uh, what this is all about. And um, the excuse that well I'm very busy and I don't have time. I'm not sure that holds water anymore because uh, it's at the local level that we have to hold our leaders accountable. And that includes your representatives in Congress, your senators, um, but also your local and state officials. Uh, Because I can guarantee you if you go to your local police chief or sheriff or elected town official, they're going to say, number one, no, I don't know about it. Number two, I don't need to know about it. That's the FBI's job. And when you understand uh, the nature of this threat, which is that it's been here for over 50 years, the Muslim Brotherhood, their stated objective is to overthrow the U.S. government and replace it with Sharia law. The means to do it they call civilization jihad, which uh, has about 100 lines of operations from a military terminology, at which they're coming at us, as you've mentioned, through subversion, uh, through the media, through educational uh, institutions at the elementary, junior high, high school, college, graduate level courses. You know, they, uh, the Saudi Arabia owns Georgetown and Harvard Middle East Studies programs. We could go on and on. Uh, and the fact that there are thousands of Muslim Brotherhood organizations in this country. And when you, when you look okay, at we'll it, be right back, John. Sorry about that. And in a counterinsurgency, the answer has to be Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Maurice Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law, this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. My guest is John Guandolo, understandingthethreat.com. John, the civilization jihad could be turned into bloody jihad at the drop of a hat. Anyone who thinks otherwise is really delusional. Now, this is an infrastructure that's developing inside the United States. Um, the uh, people are afraid, I think, as you say, to rear their head and criticize it uh, because we're going to be attacked by this powerful group we're called uh, Islamophobic. Nobody wants to have that happen. But it's sort of like a, 
I guess it's, you just have to keep going up at bat and taking a swing. And if you get struck out, then you have to have somebody else stand up. And enough people need to stand up and say, no, we're not Islamophobic. We're concerned about things like the Constitution, which protects individuals from uh, things that Sharia law calls for, and name those things and contrast those things with our American way of life. It's not a matter of being anti-Muslim. Muslims are free to go to mosque. They're free to practice. But religion sometimes does not intersect with our civil law and our civil order. And that's what we're talking about here. We have to identify that, the nature of it, and do so courageously. And if enough people do it, then they can't keep crying wolf and accusing people of having something against Muslims uh, because uh, it'll reach a critical mass. What say you, John? Well, I, I, I agree with your, uh, your assessment. I think that um, the, the nature, as I described before the break, you know, that the massive infrastructure we have here is the jihadi support net- network here in the United States, and it's made up of the most prominent Islamic organizations. We know from the evidence, from evidence, facts and evidence, that groups like the Islamic Society in North America, the Muslim Public Affairs Council, the Muslim American Society, the over 600 Muslim student association chapters on every major college campus, uh, the International Institute of Islamic Thought, you go on, and obviously CARE, which is Hamas, they're all part of this network, and these are the most prominent Islamic organizations in America. The Islamic Circle of North America, which has billboard campaigns all over America, you know, Why Islam? Uh, the uh, Jesus was a Muslim billboard campaign going on now. Uh, all of this, uh, you know, one eight hundred, you know, got Islam. All that stuff uh, that's going on across the country. Well, these are the very organizations that are training. I'm going to use the term because law enforcement does radicalizing uh, Muslims and uh, supporting jihadi operations right here in the United States. If you look at the Boston bombing, you look at the shooting at the Little Rock, Arkansas, the Fort Hood. Uh, Jihadi, Major Nadal Hassan, all of them were supported, as well as 9-11 hijackers, by known Muslim Brotherhood organizations here in the United States, logistically, training-wise, or uh, given uh, legal, uh, um, the legal check-off by an Islamic jurist like Anwar al-Awlaki or, or others. And so the Brotherhood is the network. This Brotherhood network is the network that's su- supporting jihadis. So it's obviously, as you say, it's not a far cry to go from this kind of uh, subversion to much more violence. And I just want to remind your listeners that currently the Muslim Brotherhood strategy is to focus on Islamic countries and overthrow them if they're not fully implementing Sharia. They're not even focused. So we're getting attacked, but the focus is not even on us. When all those jihadis... When they say, okay, we have done our work in the Middle East and, uh, and elsewhere, Asia, uh, we're going to turn towards the West now, and they're going to bring that war to Europe, to the United States, right. as mm-hmm. a war, like what they're doing. And a lot of it's going to turn significantly more violent. And not to understand that is not to understand the nature and the strategy of this war of the enemy. Right. I mean, it's very tactical what they're doing. In, in other words, they're playing the card... In this sense, it does work a lot like the communist threat did in the 1930s and 40s, in that they'll play, I mean, during World War II, the communists became more pro-American than anybody around because they wanted the United States to get in the war and, and to help the Soviet Union. 
after the war they then changed changed tax. It, it very much operates on, on similar principles of um, what's best for the ultimate goal, which is frankly world conquest, world domination, yeah. civilizational jihad, as you call it. And so whatever it takes, including lies and including deceptions, is is allowed. In fact, that's exactly what is allowed in the uh, in the Islamic text. Uh, it's called taqiyya. Um, it's okay to deceive when you're in a country where you're not the majority, if it means uh, and put on a friendly face, if it means furthering the cause. And uh, look, I mean, this is something that Americans need to understand. Moderate Muslims need to understand it. Uh, they're, they're as probably just as afraid as anyone because of the domination of these groups of their communities. We need to foster them, and we need to tell the truth about what's going on here. Anyway, we'll be right back. Breathe it in, kid. Clean, fresh air thanks to these new air handler filters. They're more energy efficient, hold more dust, and are stronger than ever. And Granger's got over 3,000 different styles and sizes to choose from. Just ordered a new batch from Granger.com today. I love oxygen, kid. And this facility's got some great AO2. I'm breathing easier just thinking about these air handler filters. Get some today. Get it? Got it? Good. Call, click Granger.com slash air handler or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Do you realize that when you die, your income that your family depends on stops? This is James Johnson. The right amount of life insurance will replace your income and not leave a financial burden behind. The mortgage still needs to be paid. The bills still keep coming. I'm telling you, this is so important. Live life and enjoy it, but make sure you've planned for the future with life insurance. Call me at 800-400-9434. Even if you have a policy, make sure you have enough and you're not paying too much. 800-400-9434. Chuck Morse speaks. Posted on iTunes and Stitcher and archived where people can access it anytime. Um, where, where do you go from here, John, now that you've been um, basically drummed out of town in um, in Wichita by these Muslim Brotherhood-connected groups? Well, I'm, uh, <clears throat> I've got other uh, folks that uh, would like to have me out in other states. Uh, there are still people who are uh, you know, not afraid to continue doing the training. I think one of the things uh, I'm trying to do more of is to do longer programs to train other people to do the presentations that I, I give and uh, teach them how mm -hmm. to do it, give them a material so we can continue to multiply these efforts. And uh, that, uh, I think, for now is the key because they just want to attack me. And uh, if you, you know, create uh, 50 more people that can go out there and do this, uh, specifically focused on law enforcement, but also in the communities to speak with elected officials and other citizens. That, to me, is going to be a, a major focus. Uh, but again, I, I think uh, if people just look at this in a reasonable way and look at the facts, it's, there's, no, there's no disputing it. There's no, there's no counter-argument right. to what I'm putting out. 
No, of course not. It's all it's all on the record. It's all part of court records, the Holy Land case, other cases here in Boston. In fact, uh, the local mosque took Charles Jacobs to court after he criticized their connections to the Muslim Brotherhood. And in the course of that trial, they uh, they got uh, discovery and they found all this information about the mosque, which was extremely incriminating, which is why they dropped the, the suit. Maybe that tells us that, that, in a sense, the courts is a venue to, to get information released and, assimila- and, and disseminated. There are a lot of other venues. Citizens can call talk show hosts, write letters to the editor, call your local, uh, state, and, and federal uh, representatives, and build a critical mass, like you're saying, John. People who are trained, people who understand this truth, need to come about. That's how we defeated the communist conspiracy in the 50s. Anyway, John Guandolo, thanks so much for joining me this afternoon. All right, take care. People wake up worrying about their job and paying their bills, and that stinks. People in third world countries wake up worrying if their children will have anything to eat, and that stinks even worse. There's a way to help solve both of those problems. Get on the Internet and go to usagoodness.com and find out how you can be a social entrepreneur. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby, and for years I have been helping people work from home. With usagoodness.com, you can earn extra money working from home by helping to feed starving children in poverty-stricken areas. How great is that? The only tools you'll need are a telephone, Internet access, and a good work ethic. We'll teach you how to be a social entrepreneur and earn extra money while helping others. Go to usagoodness.com or call 800-301-6177. 800-301-6177. Special news alert to consumers who owe back taxes to the IRS. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers on back taxes, resulting in back taxes reduced by thousands of dollars. An open phone line has been established by Federal Tax Relief for consumers to call and see if you qualify for this reduction. To ensure your financial stability during this decline in the economy, take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call 1-800-574-9345. That's 1-800-574-9345. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, there's no need to fear anymore. The IRS is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers, resulting in tax debts reduced by thousands of dollars. For your free information and to see if you qualify for your reduction, call the Federal Tax Relief Hotline, 1-800-574-9345. 1-800-574-9345. That's 1-800-574-9345. Boston conservative in the cradle of liberty. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Thank you very much, and hour number two of Chuck Moore speaks here at the IRN USA Radio Network. You're welcome to join the program. Eight four 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 three nine one three nine one. I again apologize for the. Uh, the tired nature of my voice. I got a terrible cold. I was getting okay. Chuck, you want me to call in? Uh, you are on the air, Andrew. So okay, sit tight. Okay, great. Um, 
and I'll and I'm introducing you right now. Thanks. Uh, the uh, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, anyway, uh, getting back, I want to thank John Guandolo, uh, the host of Understanding the Threat, to, uh, for joining me in the first segment and talking about the nature of um, the uh, care and Islamic radical-backed groups that are making headway inside the United States. My guest this segment is Andrew Shatkin. He is an attorney. He's a writer on Christian matters. He's the author of Essays on Christian Worldview. Andrew is here to comment on this new book that has just come out by Riza Aslan called Zealot, The Life and Times of Jesus of Nazareth, an old story retold and riddled with errors, uh, according to the title of this book. Now, Andrew, um, do you know the background of Riza Aslan, the author of Zealot? I, uh, first of all, let me make clear, Chuck, that as a Christian, naturally I welcome all people of all faiths knowing that they were created by God and that Jesus sent his son, the only God's son, to die for them. Uh, I welcome them, and that that's really my, my position as a person, with every person I encounter. So I have no feelings against other faiths or other races or other people in general. I mean, because quite honestly, I mean, for a Christian, is we're created and they're redeemed. And that's how I see it. I, uh, I'm a listen, seminary graduate. Uh, and but Mr. Osman apparently was originally, as far as I can see you. in the intro, a um, he was born into a, a Muslim family, but became a Christian when he came here. And he w- apparently he was educated, I think, at Harvard Divinity School. I have no argument with Mr. Aslan as in what he says in this book. I just really uh, disagree with him, and I'm certainly respect him as the things he might want to say about Jesus. But he says things here that I think are not quite right. And if you all right, let me get. Let me just. Sure, go ahead. Could I could I respond, please? Um, yeah. I I think that you're you're mistaken about Riza Aslan. He is involved in um, extreme Muslim uh, causes. He's uh, been criti- He's been a supporter of the Intifada against Israel. He has been a supporter of Sharia law. Inside the United States and internationally, mm-hmm. and I guess that the thing that I find ironic here is that mm-hmm. um, here he is writing a blasphemous book about Christianity and attacking the founder of Christianity, that being Jesus. When I wonder if Mr. Aslan would be willing to support a book that takes a similar critical analysis of the founder of Islam, that being the Prophet Muhammad. I have a feeling he would not. Now, the premise of his book here, that this book being Zealot, is that he even questions whether or not Jesus walked the earth. I mean, this is, you know, this is gets into real religious blasphemy, actually. And if, and if I would argue that if, if someone wrote a similar book criticizing the life of Muhammad, uh, th- they would probably be in big trouble, wouldn't you think? I really can't comment that what you say about Mr. Asler, because I don't have the knowledge that you say about him. I do know that in the book, he specifically states that he, he is a Christian and was, um, he came to this country and he became a Christian. As far as I can um, put together in the book, he specifically states that. And uh, I think he's approaching the uh, 
this particular issue in this book as a Christian. I, I'm not aware that he is a Muslim. If he was, I would have nothing against him anyway. Particularly, he can Muslim has this freedom of religion right, in the country, that. and they can uh, they can. Nor do I, excuse me, Andrew. Neither do I. My my only point is that whether or not he's a Muslim, he has been a vocal supporter of um, Islamic. Uh, that I'm not aware causes. of because he says here well, check it he out. says here in the book that he he is a Christian and um, that's how he sees it. He just interprets things you might say uh, differently from perhaps you. All right, and I. well let's put that aside then. My my source on that is Robert Spencer and his recent book Islamic Winter. Um, right. That's the only source I have to go on. You may be correct. Let's just put that aside and talk about the book itself which is a blasphemous attack on the founder of Christianity, Jesus. Well, Talk I don't think that. I would lame it as blasphemous. There are Christian, Christianity embraces many points of view that perhaps um, some people may disagree with and see as that term. I'm not prepared to say that, that he's blasphemous. But I do say that I think in certain respects... Um, he is simply not quite right in what he's saying. That's as much as I would want to say about the book and what he says. Can I give some examples, uh, Chuck? Please do. Okay. Uh, he says that there are only two hard historical facts about Jesus on uh, page Roman numeral 25.8, uh, that he was a Jew and led a popular Jewish movement. Obviously, the Gospels say a, a great deal more about Jesus now, I don't know how we can conclude those are the only facts. Uh, that's his position. I respect it. I don't think it's... Uh, I think there are a lot of other facts. Uh, um, then he says here, for example, on page 26, Roman 26, that none of the Gospels we have were written by the person after whom they were named. Um, I, uh, I don't know the source of his information. Uh, certainly there are a lot of ancient books in the past uh, where people's names are on them, whether they're Virgil, the Roman poet, or Homer, or whoever, and um, I'm not prepared to say they were written by these people. But I don't know how he could conclude that uh, the Gospels were not written by the people that they say were written by. I mean, the, the names Luke or Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are on the uh, on the uh, names, and uh, I can't say I'm not prepared to say that they're they're lying, or somebody's lying, which is what he says. Right. Well, I mean, okay. I, su- I suppose it's like. It's like saying that uh, Plato or Aristotle yeah, didn't like saying, write yeah, what exactly. they wrote. I mean, we have this large yeah. body of work for Plato. So I'm not prepared to say that Plato didn't write it. Uh, maybe uh, I'd have to have, uh, you know, I mean, when a person's name, after 2,000 years, is on a narrative, I'm not prepared to say that somebody is, is lying about it, uh, which is really the equivalent of what he's really saying. I don't know whether he's saying he's lying. He says, I just like the right. source of information that it's otherwise. Uh, um, and then he says here, for example, on page uh, 29, uh, the interest in the person of Jesus increased after his death, and an urgent need arose among some in the early Christian community to fill in the gaps of Jesus' early years. I don't know what he's saying here, that uh, they're saying the, the, the people sometime after uh, are filling in filling in things, gaps or something. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I don't know what evidence is somebody's saying things that are, are not factual is really what he's implying here. I wouldn't know. I wasn't there, uh, Jack, right. and neither were you. <laughs> right. And by the way, Andrew, I'm, I'm looking here at 
what is not necessarily an absolutely ironclad source, that being Wikipedia, about mm-hmm. uh, Riza Aslan. It says here that um, mm-hmm. he had converted to evangelical Christianity at the age yeah, of 15, yeah. and, and then he converted back to Islam the summer before attending Harvard in the early 90s. <laughs> I don't So there you well, have I it. I have that in front of um, you, Chuck. I do know that he apparently did um, have something in his background of, of Muslim people who I respect. And I'm sure that if I met them, I'd sure be friends with them and happy to talk about our differences or, or, or that's whatever. Not that, but, um, that's is, not the matter. That's not the issue here. Wait, wait, a, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Andrew. Well, that's Christian. Yeah, well, that's not the issue. Nobody's saying that um, we can't respect Muslim individuals. The issue is that Riza Aslan, according to Robert Spencer and his documentation, and it's very good, has been involved with um, supporting groups like Hamas and uh, and Muslim Brotherhood. Anyway, but moving back to the topic of your book, book. I'm not asking you to. I'm not asking you to comment (laughs) on it. I'm just, I'm 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 making my... Go on. I'm listening. I'm just making my statement based on my source, which I've sourced. Okay. And we'll leave it at that. Uh, All right. For me of some now, getting back to your. Okay. Could I? Yeah. Just, getting uh, back. Getting back to your book. This book. Sure, please. Uh, on page thirty-one, he says Matthew's equal fanciful account of Jesus' flight into Egypt. Uh, he says, uh, "Do ostensibly escape Herod's massacre." Uh, it says there's not a shred of corroborating evidence. Now, I don't know why Matthew would make a complete fiction about this. Uh, I don't know what evidence he has that Matthew is making it up. I personally don't make up things, and things are right, uh, and I'm sure he neither do you. So uh, I don't know what evidence he has to say this. Uh, so, and then he says, um, then he says on page 32, Matthew has Jesus flee to Egypt to escape Herod's massacre, not because it happened, uh, but because of the words of the prophet, Jose. Now, I don't know uh, why he would say that. He says it didn't happen. Uh, Matthew says it did well, happen. Well, I think that's historic. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. And I think it's historic. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that there were, also, there were also uh, Josephus, who was a contemporary and who wrote extensively on this topic in his book, The yeah. Jewish Wars, that's says it. that yeah. it happened. So there's a lot of evidence. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why he would conclude with yeah, the basis of his conclusion. I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why I think he concludes it, and that is because he's writing an attack on Christianity. He is well, uh, undermining I mean, Christianity and is, writing. Uh, a... Many people in the Christian communion take a, you might say, perhaps a more liberal interpretation of the Gospels than you and I. I respect them. I understand them. I I, I just don't particularly agree with them. Uh, and then he says, uh, I think, uh, and I think he's playing up to that crowd. Yeah, Luke places Jesus' birth in Bethlehem not because it took place there. Now, I'd like to know uh, why he oh, would say again. You know, this Elman. this reminds me, Andrew. Look, this reminds me of uh, certain, frankly, some very very liberal Jewish writers who claim right. that Moses did not, uh, you know, free the Jews from from Egyptian slavery. I mean, this is just classic. You know, revisionism, it's uh, its critical Bible theory and, and brought to its most vulgar uh, extreme. And I would argue that um, he is playing up to the liberal uh, Christian community and their underlying dislike of faith and spiritual and supernatural aspects of faith. 
and uh, trying to create a wedge. I mean, and I think he's doing it, frankly, because he's an Islamist. I mean, that's my opinion. Based well, upon I respect the, it, Chuck. You know, I mean, you may have a point, yeah. and uh, if that's the case, I mean, then I'm certainly uh, willing to listen to what you have to say, you know, and look into it. I'm not aware that he he has that prejudice or these feelings, but all I know is... Look into it, Andrew. Yeah, look sure. Into I mean, uh, all I know is he says things here that... I, and you say there is there is a liberal Christian group, and as for Jewish people, I have no problem with them. Uh, they are the... Certainly, within the Bible, their scriptures are complete revelation of God. God made a covenant with them. The covenant is still intact, and that's it. Jesus was Jewish. All the apostles were Jewish. And Jesus, if we believe he rose from the dead, has a, he's a Jewish man in heaven. So I have no problem with Jewish people. Matter of fact, I, I rather like them. But, or I should. I like okay, we're, Andrew, we're going to take, a, we're gonna take okay. a brief break here. We'll be right back. Uh, sure. This is a special news alert to consumers who owe back taxes to the IRS. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers on back taxes, resulting in back taxes reduced by thousands of dollars. An open phone line has been established by federal tax relief for consumers to call and see if you qualify for this reduction. To ensure your financial stability during this decline in the economy, take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call one 800 574 That's 1-800-574-9345. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, there's no need to fear anymore. The IRS is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers, resulting in tax debts reduced by thousands of dollars. For your free information and to see if you qualify for your reduction, call the Federal Tax Relief Hotline, 1-800-574-9345. 1-800-574-9345. That's 1-800-574-9345. Hi, I'm Joan London, and if you're worried about your parent or a loved one living alone like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. They had obviously researched every place, not just giving me names. They found me a place for what she could afford, and it was magnificent. We're now... Very confident that she's safe, and they just helped every step of the way, and I can't thank them enough. So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, call a place for mom. This is a free service, and you can trust them to help you. If you're struggling to find reliable senior living information for your mom or dad, then call or go online to get the free help you need during this turbulent time. Call now, 800-469-7591, 800-469-7591. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-818-5715. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-818-5715. Lou is one of you and will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-818-5715. 
5715. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Call Term Provider, speak with Big Lou, and save on term life. Call 800-818-5715. 800-818-5715. This is a special news alert to consumers who owe back taxes to the IRS. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers on back taxes, resulting in back taxes reduced by thousands of dollars. An open phone line has been established by Federal Tax Relief for consumers to call and see if you qualify for this reduction. To ensure your financial stability during this decline in the economy, take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call 1-800-574-9345. That's 1-800-574-9345. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, there's no need to fear anymore. The IRS is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers, resulting in tax debts reduced by thousands of dollars. For your free information and to see if you qualify for your reduction, call the Federal Tax Relief Hotline, 1-800-574-9345, 1-800-574-9345. That's 1-800-574-9345. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Thank you very much. And my guest is Andrew Shatkin. We're talking about uh, a new book called Sell It, The Life of Jesus, the Times of Jesus of Nazareth by Risa Aslan. Andrew, I don't know ultimately whether or not... Um, Riza Aslan is Christian or Muslim. I mean, it says, it says it's Christian in the from... book, Jack. Excuse me, excuse me. I want to finish the sentence here. Okay. Um, I don't know whether, he... thank you, I don't know whether he's Christian or Muslim, but what I do know from my a cursory look at this book is that it strips Jesus of his divinity, and it puts Jesus even in a question of whether or not he existed as a historic figure. And I would argue that that, is completely contrary to the Christian faith, which holds that Jesus is Christ. I mean, how can, uh, you know, if he is a Christian, he's a pretty lousy Christian. And uh, what does the Christian community do about this? Well, he has a a view uh, shared by, I'm sure, many people in the Church that see Jesus in this way. I don't think he says that exactly. There's so many excerpts here. I have to say, let me put it this way, Chuck. If we're going to approach the Bible, we can't approach it as 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 it's simply a, 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 a we have to approach it from the view that there is a God and He's revealed Himself and these these are supernatural events. If you object to the idea that of God and miracles, then uh, then you don't understand what the Bible's offering us. I mean, I can't say He's that exactly because there are Christians uh, who who have differing views of interpretation for but let me um give you some other examples of just these things which I um say which he says here uh, uh for example he says whatever languages Jesus may have been spoken page 35 there's no reason to think he could read or write in any of them I don't know is evidence of that uh, I mean um uh, then he says the account of Jesus standing in the temple debating Hebrew scripture uh, um, is, is a fabulous concoction. I mean, I don't know why a person would put that down and make it up. 
which is what he's implying. I mean, he's entitled to his opinion, and he may see this as a, a way of interpreting the gospel. I just disagree with him. I mean, I, I, as you know, I'm a seminary graduate. I'm a Lutheran, and I um, have served in Lutheran churches. In addition, I'm a lawyer. And um, yes, I agree with you, Chuck. I think there's a, I mean, the Christian faith is, it's the Apostles' Creed, the basis of it, and uh, it's been really the 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 presentation for, for 2,000 years. And, of course, he may see this as the correct interpretation. I just don't agree with him. You know, I think if it says in the Bible that Jesus did this, I think he did. I don't know why a person would put that down and make it up. Uh, I, mean, I think he's making it up. I, I mean, I don't think I don't think that's a scientific way of approaching this document. And then he says uh, there's no evidence in the New Testament to indicate whether Jesus was married. That it would be unthinkable for a 30-year-old Jewish male not to have a wife. I mean, there's absolutely no evidence that now uh, that Jesus was married. Uh, although I have to say, in all fairness, that he had many women followers, Mary Magdalene, and they were present at the crucifixion and at the empty tomb. I don't think he had any problem with women, Jesus in the least. Uh, you know, well, I mean, there's no evidence e- either way. The point is, he's he's accusing the uh, the gospel writers of making stuff up when clearly well, he he's making this kind of thing. I mean, um, I just don't agree. He's with making him. it I up. Think, uh, I don't think people put. That well, I mean, down. he doesn't back. You know, he claims. I think this book makes pretensions to being a, a critical and somewhat yeah, scientific right. analysis of the New Testament, and yet he doesn't back up his own. All well, he does it. is take pot shots at the at the yeah, New Testament I mean, the, without he, showing. You know, sense, I have to agree with you. It doesn't seem that he makes these statements that have a real factual basis. I mean, I. You know, Nor does he even make any effort to give a factual basis. It's just thrown well, out there, sort of ad hominem. I mean, I think I think you're right, Chuck. That is the uh, that is the issue. I mean, I don't go around saying things that people write that they're making it up. I mean, uh, I'm not happy to doing that. Make, I'm sure you aren't. He's either. making it up. <laughs> or, or he's, that's I right. Mean. He's ma- he's making it up whole cloth. I'll try to get him on the show, Andrew. Where can people show. find out more about you and about? I'm gonna. Well, I'm going to try to anyway. Where can people like find out more about you and about your work? I him. I mean, the book had a lot of, got a lot of publicity. Maybe some people. Oh, yeah, you bet it did, sure. And then, uh, for it example. It got tons of publicity um, because it fits into the narrative of attacking Christianity. Anyway, well, Andrew, we gotta, we're moving on, so tell I, me. I don't think it's that. I think he thinks this is, he's viewing it in a more critical scientific way. I don't agree with he's him. He's attacking I, Christianity. I think when, I think that, um. I don't. That's not my approach to the Bible or the Gospel. Okay. You also, let me give me scientific. My foot. This is a. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, sure. Uh, he says right on ahead. page eighty-three, the Gospel of Luke provides a fantastic. All right. Listen, book. Andrew. You're welcome to stay with me. We're going to take a break here. We'll be right back. All right. All right? <laughs> pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. 
Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-818-5715. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-818-5715. Lou is one of you and will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-818-5715. 5715. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Call Term Provider, speak with Big Lou, and save on term life. Call 800 818 5715. 800 818 5715. Owning and caring for a home comes with a lot of to do's fix the AC, build a deck, remodel the kitchen. Whatever your home improvement need, Home Advisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, remodelers, whatever type of home pro you need. HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you don't have to search through a long list of pros. With just a few clicks, HomeAdvisor matches you with pros who provide the exact services you need. You can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. Because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuildhomeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com. Author, journalist, and American patriot. This is Chuck Morse Speaks. That's my guest is Andrew Shack, and he's the author of essays on the Christian worldview. And he is uh, writing a critique on the book Zealot, The Life and Times of Jesus of Nazareth by Riza Aslan. Uh, Andrew, please continue. Yeah, let me say this, Chuck. Um, I am a, 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 a Christian, and therefore, um, whoever a person may be, they'd be a Muslim, whatever they are, I know that uh, they were created by God. That's a statement in the Bible. Everybody was created and given a life. And the, the key to the issue is that Jesus, he sent Jesus out of eternity, God out of eternity, sent Jesus to give up his life for them, including Mr. Aslan. So, frankly, I mean... Uh, whatever faith a person may have, those people have value for me. Because I have value for Christ, that he wants some type of relationship with him. But let me go on. Uh, on page 83, uh, for example, he said about John the Baptist, the Gospel of Luke provides a fantastical account of John's lineage and miraculous birth. Now, I don't know how he could say that this, that what Luke says about John the Baptist is a fantastical account. Uh, again, he is saying that the author is saying things that apparently he, he's making out a whole cloth where he seems to imply that. Uh, uh, there's a couple of other things in here. Uh, Chuck, if I can go on? All right? Please do. Okay. Then go he, right ahead. Uh, Interesting. Here on page 88, uh, the uh, frantic attempt to reduce John the Baptist to make him inferior to Jesus, he says, would trace an urgent need of the part of the early Christian community to counteract the historical evidence, uh, I don't know where exactly he, he draws these conclusions about John the Baptist. Or, I mean, all I know is the gospel events say that he did certain things, and uh, 
uh, I assume uh, the they see Chuck. The, the issue, the issue for me, where I differ with that as for me, uh, the accounts of, of Jesus. Obviously, somebody observes them and is reporting them. I mean, I don't think they are lying, uh, which is really what I agree is, with that. is the implication here. I mean, I think that is what happened. Uh, these man, this man you know, was thirty I would agree with years you, at least in terms and of the biographical He observed aspect. doing things. Then he calls Jesus on, on page 103 a wonder worker. I uh, really, I mean, the son, he, Jesus claims to be the Son of God. He claims divinity. Uh, to call him a wonder worker is, uh, I, I question the use of that phrase. Uh, he's doing it's miracles, but we can know meaning. who he is. But he's Christ. He's not. He's trying to be. In, he's trying to be. He's trying to undermine the divinity of Jesus for Christians. Well, in a sense, you I mean, can say insulting. that. But maybe he. Just, maybe Mr. Aslan feels that this is a scientific way of handling the situation. He's really approaching it as a uh, not that Jesus claims about himself. Yes, he's questioning these claims to be God, essentially. You know, I right. sh I shudder to think of what would happen if we applied scientific methods to Islam. That's really my main thought here. Well, I, I can't say that because I don't know that much about Islam, Chuck. But I do know that for right. two thousand years. But you know that if we if we went ahead and did a, a scientific analysis of uh, the life of Muhammad, it would not be all that well received. We certainly wouldn't get the kind of wonderful publicity that he's getting for this book. Well, I, I can't comment on that because I don't know about the Muslim religion or the Koran or what. Well, what I'm implying here, Andrew, what I'm implying here is that his book is getting all this wonderful publicity and it's being touted as this great fashionable book because you have a liberal establishment in this country that wants to undermine Christianity and, and that includes liberal Christians and that uh, they're more than happy to embrace this but they would not do the same for a book that criticized Muhammad and took a look at him because that's, um, you know, that's unfashionable for whatever reason they seem to have carried favor on that side. Well, I can't comment. And not to mention, you have a book that undermined really Judaism. Know. I think they'd. Uh, I have to really know about the Islamic faith. I respect them, and I'm prepared to talk to them as a Christian because I say, Christ died for them. Why wouldn't I talk to them? You know, I mean, I Well, it's not a matter of understanding the Islamic faith. I'm simply pointing out that a criticism of Islam made in the same way that this book is criticizing Christianity would not be accepted in our society today. That's all. We'll be right back. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Com. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? 
It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Heard of the KISS system, K-I-S-S, keep it super simple. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? This is Andy Willoughby presenting the Simple 3-Step Plan Home Business System. I really think that the main reason the 3-Step Plan has been able to help so many people build a business working from home is because of its simplicity. If you have a telephone, internet access, and some good old stick-to-itiveness, you can make more money working from home. For information, go to 3-STEP-USA or call 800 800- 480-2102. Our turnkey system will give you everything you need to be successful. Many three-step plan members are now in the top 2% of income earners in the nation, and they did it working from home. If you want a better financial future and think you might appreciate the freedom of working from home, we invite you to check out the three-step plan. Go to 3-STEP-USA or call 800-480-2102. Chuck Morse Speaks. Zealot by Riza Aslan um, that I would argue is a, um, it's a dissection of Christianity and, and one that I would say is um, obviously questionable. And the agenda around it is interesting in that why is it so, so promoted? Um, please continue, Andrew, uh, Andrew yeah, with your, yeah, uh, your I'm presentation. I'm glad to talk to people and hear what they have to say. I mean, uh, for the reason I indicated, uh, I don't agree with Mr. Asner, what he says. He, he, he seems to approach this in a, a way, the Bible, that I don't particularly agree with. I think particularly the, the stories, not stories, the, the issue is, is the Bible is historical evidence historical facts or something else. He seems to be implying that there's no historicity attached to the events in Jesus' life. I mean, he can he can go along with that. I mean, no problem with it. I, I just don't particularly agree with it. I mean, for example, he says the kingdom of God is called a revolution. I mean, Jesus' statement is not revolution. He says, if you believe in me, he says, you'll have eternal life. Uh, that is really, that is the Christian message in, in to some extent. There are other things connected with it, but, uh, you know, I don't think it's called a revolution. Uh, I think it's called a re- to transformation of ourselves as human beings in relation to Christ. I mean, essentially, I don't think it's a revolution, uh, but that's his view, and that's it. He says that, um, he says, the designation of the Twelve Apostles is, is not a call to war, an admission of its inevitability. Uh, again, uh, I don't know how he can say when he says the apostles uh, were going out uh, after Jesus' death, uh, seeking to establish churches, and 
uh, bring about conversions. I mean, they certainly weren't to uh, trying to have war with people. I don't know why we say that. But again, I think you pointed out correctly, Chuck, and in this I'd have to certainly say agree with you. I'm not sure this has a, you might say, a, a scientific basis to these statements. I think you're right. Uh, I mean, for example, he says, the trial before the Sanhedrin, as it's presented in the Gospels, is full of contradictions and inconsistencies. I, I don't know why we say that. I mean, he's just saying that. Uh, Again, I disagree with him. I think there was a trial. Clearly, it was a trial of some kind. And uh, this gentleman, Jesus Christ, was, was in fact executed. Uh, and then. Uh, okay, we'll be right back, Andrew. Okay. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much, Andrew Shotkin's uh, my guest, and uh, he is doing a reputation here of this very secular look at the life of Jesus in the book Zealot by Lisa Aslan. Andrew, please continue. Yeah, I have a few things I was going to say. I mean, uh, for, for me, every person, I, I listen to them, Chuck. I dialogue with them, whether they're Muslim, and I'm, uh, because I recognize that Christ died for them. So, look, that's it. Anyway, that, that is Christianity, I think. <laughs> but uh, he said no, it is. that exactly. every that's, that's word ever written okay. by Jesus of Nazareth uh, was written by, by people who never actually knew Jesus. Now, I don't know where, again, uh, he says uh, these, these people were the apostles, and I don't know why he say they didn't know him. Why they're writing things about a person they don't know. I mean, I find that um, sort of an unusual statement, uh, but that's his view. And, uh, for example, um, uh, he uh, also on page 176, uh, uh, precisely because the resurrection claim of Christ was so preposterous and unique, an entirely new edifice had to be constructed to replace the one that had crumbled in the shadow of the cross. Then he says the resurrection stories were created to do that, plus put flesh and bones on an already accepted creed. I mean, he, I don't know what he's saying here, really, uh, Chuck. I mean, I'm trying to understand him, and uh, I'm trying to see what he's saying, but um, I, uh, I don't approach uh, things written by people with the assumption that they are, that they are not factual. I mean, uh, he's really saying that he has, Mr. Aslan has a problem with the, the concept of the supernatural. 
if you don't, if you approach the Bible in that fashion, you're wasting your time, Chuck. That's my opinion. I mean, you are because you know, the Bible doesn't Reza, tell us things. I understand. Reza Aslan is also the author of a book called No God But God, The Origins, Evolution, and Future of Islam. Right. And according to this view, he blames Western imperialism, quote-unquote, uh-huh. as self-serving misrepresentations of Islamic law by past scholars to the uh-huh. current controversies within Islam. Well, you know, in a sense, so. uh, he challenges, and he challenges the, the uh, clash of civilization thesis. Mm-hmm. In other words... He is. Uh, the book is denying the existence of um, of jihad as a principle in, within Islam, and it's also denying the blaming the West essentially, which is of course what uh, radical Muslims believe that somehow the West is responsible for its own demise and for the war against it. And um, you know, look, I think that there's evidence that this is this book is just part and parcel of his. Um, not only support for Sharia, I would argue, but also an attack on its enemies, which is Christianity. I wonder when he's going to come out with a book attacking Judaism, too. Well, Chuck, I don't know whether I'd be willing to agree with that, uh, that he is supporting Islamic causes. If it was, he has a right to do it. I mean, there's freedom of religion. I don't dispute that. He has a right to do it, and we have a right, or I have a right to to uh, call it out and question it and well, say, maybe so. this is I can't really, I, in fact, I'd like him to come know. out more openly if that's what he's that doing. I not book you just mentioned. I'd have to really look at it. I'm just giving, I'm it. just giving, it's it's available, you can you can read the reviews on, on Amazon. Okay. I'm just giving a little background here to essentially right. buttress your argument, Andrew, which is that this is, uh, you know, it's an ad hominem assault on the founder of Christianity, Jesus. I don't and think it would be those that. Who I think what Mr. Aslan approaches the the Bible in the fashion I just he thinks he's critically and scientifically understanding, and I agree with him. I approach it differently. He can approach it in the fashion he wants, but I just don't agree with him in the way he approaches it. He's got a right to do it. For example, let me give you an example on page one eighty four. He says the story of Paul's dramatic conversion on the road to Damascus is a bit of propagandist legend created by the evangelist Luke. I mean, this is this is a man who was arrested and beheaded by the Roman authorities because of his Christian beliefs. If he's saying that that conversion didn't happen, I agree with him. That's and also, how does he know yeah. what happened? I wasn't there. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't there. That's right. No, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, and the fact you know, that you make such a broad... I, I'm always anxious to dialogue and relate to people of other faiths because uh, I, I would want to be informed factually. And number two, I don't mind talking about what I, what I think is valid as a religious belief, and I'm willing to listen to them. The key is that um, I, uh, I, I see those people, whatever they believe, having value, because Christ died for them, as I mentioned to you. Therefore, I really have no difficulties in that respect. Uh, and then, Paige, uh, these are just some of the examples of the type of things I'm talking about, Chuck. And I think you, you said, I think it's a fair statement. All right, we've got to take one more break here. Andrew, we'll be back. You have probably heard of the KISS system, K-I-S-S. Keep it super simple. 
Hi, how in the world are you anyway? This is Andy Willoughby presenting the Simple 3-Step Plan Home Business System. I really think that the main reason the 3-Step Plan has been able to help so many people build a business working from home is because of its simplicity. If you have a telephone, internet access, and some good old stick to you can make more money working from home. For information, go to 3-STEP-USA or call 800 800- 480-2102. Our turnkey system will give you everything you need to be successful. Many three-step plan members are now in the top 2% of income earners in the nation, and they did it working from home. If you want a better financial future and think you might appreciate the freedom of working from home, we invite you to check out the three-step plan. Go to 3-STEP-USA or call 800-480-2102. Taking back America one listener at a time. Chuck Morse speaks. Andrew Jackson is my guest. We're talking about um, his criticism of the um, the uh, the book um, "Zealot" by um, Louisa Oslan. Uh, Andrew, we're reaching toward the end of the program here, so. Um, I'd like you to let my listeners know where they can read your work and find out more well, about you. Well, uh, I have written a, a several books, and they can reach what, what I think is possibly a, uh, the, the, the Christian. I have a book, this Essays on the Christian Worldview and Others. It's uh, published by Hamilton Books, and uh, it can be reached on Amazon or BN.com. And there's a uh, 800 number they can call it one 800 462-6420. And um, my position is that I, I recognize where Mr. Aslan is coming from. And uh, Chuck, I think the, the issue here is that is that book scientific? Um, those statements to me. I agree. Yeah, like a, like very sloppy. Yeah, I mean, you it's know, just I'm it's not an ad hominem attack. Things didn't happen that are said. I mean, and also, I have to remember, Chuck, for 2,000 years, a long time, and continuing throughout the world, Christians believe this, what happened in the gospel. Of course, and, and the idea of just him coming out and, and you know, saying, ah, none of this ever happened, and then well, getting that point, promoted and, and admired by the liberal first, establishment where he's right. a celebrity, it's just interesting, that's all. And it's, uh, it it's revealing. And as I, said, I would, I would again suggest that the same... The same type of book would not be written by um, by someone getting the same kind of attention if it if it criticized Muhammad, uh, and uh, th- th- that being his um, his prophet, and uh, and that also is I'm a not very sure. interesting. He says he's um, Christian in thing. the book, uh, and he went to Harvard Divinity School, I think. So, um, uh, uh, but look, yeah. I mean, I don't know. All I'm going by, I mean, the the, the uh-huh. book that he wrote about Islam uh-huh. refers to him as Muslim. Whatever, who knows what he is. Well, the, the point is, he's attacking is that, Christianity. Um, That's the issue. Well, uh, as I said, I mean, the issue for me is whether... It's anyway, Andrew, we're reaching the end of the program. I want to thank you for joining me. Shall return tomorrow at 10 a.m. I'm Berlin, right here at the IRN USA Radio Network. Thank you for On you for income, your wife, your children... You need life insurance. This is James Johnson. Imagine breathing a sigh of relief knowing that if you died, your family wouldn't have to worry about money. 
Call me now at 800-400-9434. Even if you have a policy, find out if you have enough coverage or if you're paying too much. Call 800-400-9434. Be sure to ask about the life insurance policy that gives you your premiums back at the end of your term. 800-400-9434. Do you realize that when you die, your income that your family depends on stops? This is James Johnson. The right amount of life insurance will replace your income and not leave a financial burden behind. The mortgage still needs to be paid. The bills still keep coming. I'm telling you, this is so important. Live life and enjoy it, but make sure you've planned for the future with life insurance. Call me at 800-400-9434. Even if you have a policy, make sure you have enough and you're not paying too much. 800-400-9434.